11.07. Glad to have you with us on a Frost Your Buns Friday. Uh, we're going to go into the phone calls here in just a minute, but to get you up to date very quickly, if you just turned the radio on, we are so far down the rabbit hole uh, with the government regulating everything. Uh, and it seems the feds have their fingers on in everything. I don't care what it is. They, and, and they do this by blackmailing the states. They hand out this big check. You can have this money for education. You can have this money for health care. You can have this money uh, for uh, utilities and food and highways and all these other things. But there are strings attached. And, uh, you know, just take a step back and look at where we're at now. We've got government schools. They're controlled in large part by the left and in particular by the feds. Uh, the, just about everything that you want. Uh, they're pushing uh, transgenderism and denying science and biology. Uh, they're redistributing wealth. Uh, they're destroying the nuclear family. They're just, you know, $31 trillion in debt. And, and nobody will do anything about it. And, you know, we had a caller that earlier this morning said, you know, just put your head down and hope that you manage to, you know, live your life before the whole thing collapses. And I just read that report about what, you know, economically where we're at with the uh, this rampant inflation. Neither... Uh, I would argue for sure Democrats and probably not Republicans either are willing to really do what needs to be done. So do we just give up? Do we quit fighting? Do we vote for the lesser of two evils and hope that we can delay the crash until after we're gone? Do we leave our children with, you know, do we let them try to pick up the pieces? How? Where do you stand on this? Do you keep fighting and How? 874-9390, 800-529-5572, whether it's drilling for oil or gas. I mean, you buy a car, if you get the wrong engine, the federal government will tell you you're not getting good enough mileage. So we're going to charge you an extra $2,000. Well, I mean, they have to. Yeah, because you're too stupid to buy the vehicle that they want you to buy. It, I mean, I don't care what it is. You want to take medicine. They tell you you can or can't. They, they, you want to eat, you know, drink uh, unpasteurized milk? Well, you, good luck if you want to. You should be able to, but no. If uh, somebody in Kansas brings it over to Missouri, they're in trouble. I mean, are we just so far down the rabbit hole that it's not reparable? 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Frost your buns Friday. And candidates who are running for office, if you want to come on board uh, and, uh, you know, make your case, Frost your buns Friday is the day for us to do that. Tuesday is, uh, of course, election day. To the phones we go. Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? How are you doing, Gary? We might be too far down the rabbit hole, but I think you're missing the point. The solution isn't going to come from the top down. We're supposed to be a republic. Problem is, is we got a whole nation of moral and ethical cowards. COVID proved that. We don't. People don't care. They don't want to raise their head up for fear of being pointed out or having something negative happen to them. I mean, look at the University of Missouri with its multi-billion-dollar budget 
and more, more, most people are more concerned with who the coaches are, and the football coach is the highest paid employee in the state, than what the curriculum is. It's, a, it's worthless. It's a mess. It's not going to get fixed until it gets fixed from bottom up. But we could all stop paying our personal property taxes to this year, and there'd be no more personal property tax. If people would just stand up, we can end all this toot sweet. Here's the thing. If, <clears throat> say, you and I decide, you and I have this conversation on the, on the radio, and, and we conclude we are not paying the personal property tax. It's just so, it's just so wrong on so many levels. We're not doing it. And we get on the radio and we tell other people, stop paying it. The government will come after you and me first because we'll be the high-profile targets. And well, they will try to financially destroy us. And then other people who are listening to us will go, oh, I, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to pay. Well, that's because they're cowards. Yeah. Go back to the Declaration of Independence. Pledge their life, liberty, and sacred honor to form this country. And that's what it's going to take to maintain it. Cowards will wind up in a totalitarian state. And it's hard... It's hard to it's hard to get that many people motivated to do just that, and, and what ends up happening in the minds of most people, and as I think about it, that's probably what will happen. You and I will be in the Huskow, financially destroyed, and everybody else will be going, "Yeah, well, it was a nice effort." Yeah, but I won't be eighty pounds under my normal body weight, and the set of striped pajamas outside the crematorium. I can tell you that. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, I don't know, how do you how do you work up that kind of testicular fortitude? I don't know. Are you? I came are, with them. I are came you, with them. They had, <laughs> are you paying your personal property tax? I am now. I don't. Have, I don't pay that much in personal property taxes, but I try to speak out to people. I've never been a quiet person, and I don't really care where the consequences come. And socially and in business, I've paid for that. But you must you must care, otherwise you wouldn't be paying him, and you are paying him. I understand. I didn't say I'm perfect. I just said I know the path that, you know, we've got to, it, at some point, we're either going to have a, a social revolution, i.e. what happened in Eastern Europe over housing that caused the, the Iron Curtain to fall, or it's going to roll even further. And if the problem is, is the farther it goes toward totalitarianism, the greater the chance that you're going to have something violent happen. I mean, that's the big problem with socialism is you can vote it in, but you got to shoot your way out. Now, we, we should have stood up against this decades ago. All right, Dave, thank you for hey, the call. Gary, yes, Gary, sir. We, yes, haven't sir. Had, we haven't had a single business in Boone County sue the county or the health director for the illegal health orders during covid Nobody's got any balls. Well, I, you know, I remember standing in front of City Hall with a crowd of people saying, you know, let's forget this, uh, you know, open your stores. Don't shut them down anymore. Stand up to it. Didn't see a lot of action there. Nope, but nobody voted all that city council out. Yeah. We could have had recalls and got rid of every one of them. All right, Dave, I got to run. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. But, you know, if Dave's not doing it, uh, how does it start? How do you begin to fight? I'm, I'm starting to think, Brian, we're so far down the rabbit hole that we ought to just, yeah, 
give it up. I mean, it's it, it's not going to stop. These people will not stop spending. They will I, not stop controlling your life. I remember when you uh, suggested doing away with a personal property tax for the very first time. It was a couple years ago, maybe even, what, three, four years ago, whatever it was. And we said, what would the argument in opposition to be removing the... Per- and we couldn't think of one. And then finally, some someone called uh, a leftist, I assume, and they said, we have to have that money for education. We have to. There's no other way. They were arguing in favor of the personal property tax because they were afraid that education would dissolve without it. Yeah. In spite of the fact that almost every other state in the union manages to uh, run their schools without it, we here, well, we couldn't survive without it. Uh, let me go to the phones. Gary, oh, no, 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 don't hang up. There we go. Gary, welcome. I thought I, I thought I hung up on yeah. you. Happy fingers. About a month ago, you uh, stated, well, something's happening to the banks, and, and you, you couldn't pinpoint, but I, it was us going over the cliff. If you look in terms of what the cliff is, uh, trillions of dollars of debt is a long distance, and just the law... Of simple numbers, uh, simple numbers of um, debt. When Obama took office, we had nine trillion in debt. Five percent on that is four hundred fifty billion. Then when he left office, Trump took over, and Trump. All Republicans need to be dang sure he is as big a buffoon, maybe bigger than Biden. And I'm a Republican, and that's what he is. He added $8.6 trillion of debt, and then the Fed added $5.3 trillion on their balance sheets. $13 trillion. To give you an example, Obama All right, listen, a- Gary, you got to get to the point. What, okay. what? Okay. The reason is the numbers, the numbers, well, if you were making a million dollars, you got a 5% um, pay increase. That's fifty grand. Somebody's making twenty thousand a year. They get a five percent increase. Uh, that's nothing. The numbers are so insurmountable now. Just the ability for government to cope. You only have one solution, Gary, and you had it. Is if we drill, 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 and farmers don't plant anything but food that play, uh, is fed to people. Um, because there's a world food shortage and a world oil shortage, and it would allow us to take in enough money. Otherwise, the numbers, whether Trump's in or... Uh, Yeah, both sides will indeed uh, spend us into oblivion. Gary, i got to run up against the clock. Quick break. Back with your phone calls. Do we toss in the towel? Do we put our head down and just try and survive? Do we fight? And if we fight, how do we fight? Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is 1121. Uh, quick public service announcement here. Uh, people are sending me messages. <laughs> They're actually missing the note. Uh, they want to know about the, uh, the the fundraiser for the guard from the Guardians uh, Charitable Motorcycle Group where they're collecting donations um, for the uh, Woolrich fire victims. It's at GaryNolan.com. In fact, uh, I just got a message from somebody who scrolled right past it uh, to send me a message. Uh, but it's 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 the very first blog. It pops uh, right in front of you when you go to GaryNolan.com. It says Woolridge Fire. Click on that. You get all the details. 
but it will be at uh, tomorrow morning at the Bass Pro Shops. Um, you can bring in household items and uh, other items that uh, people will need, clothing, etc. And uh, that'll be going on from uh, from 8 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. So, there you go. It's there. Uh, let me go on uh, to the phones here. We're talking about whether or not we're too far down the rabbit hole. Whether the republic can be saved by electing the right people, or is it just not going to happen? You just give up, put your head down, and hope you get out of this uh, country, uh, you know, that you pass, uh, depart this veil of tears before everything falls apart. Bill, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Is this me, Bill? Yeah, Bill, you got to turn your radio down if you would. And then I can uh, hear you without the... I'm still trying to find out about the sale of Missouri ground to the Chinese. My uh, supposedly Smith signed a bill allowing it. And I even uh, emailed his office and said I might get a reply in two weeks, which is <laughs> after the... Yeah, election. I don't think that he actually... I, I, I don't think you quite understand all of it. And I don't have time to go into it right now. But I don't think uh, he, that it, it is as you think. Um, I'll, I'll try to get to it on Monday. Okay, Bill? I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Uh, Alan, down in Jeff, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary. Doing good. Good show, man. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yes, yeah, you know, do we hang our head? Do we give up? No, we don't do that. I'm going to do my broken record thing. The thing that's frustrating is I can hear the packs dropping already come Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening after people have voted, and that is the completely wrong thing to do. We've talked about it many times. Get active. Get involved with one of your local conservative groups. Call your representatives and senators on a regular basis. Tell them what you want to see them doing. If we can get in a U.S. representative district, what, 3,000, 3,300 people calling, you can turn a liberal around because they start becoming afraid for their job. People have got to be more involved in this, going to the polls and pointing up to the bar or the water cooler at work and bitching. You've got to call your congressman. And don't be afraid to call. You're not going to talk to them anyway. You're going to talk to one of their aides, and they're going to take mark that you want this and you don't want that. And those conservative groups will help you find out how these bills are. Like Amendment 3, tons of information out there from the conservative groups about all the crap that was in Amendment 3 and the other ones as well. All right. Uh, you did. The question is, will people... I mean, if everybody listening to this program right now uh, went out and fought for freedom, it, it, even in the ways that you're mentioning, it would be terrific. I just don't think most people will. Well, that's what I say. We're going to hear the packs dropping on Tuesday, and that's a shame because uh, that's not going to cut it. All right. Alan, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, that wasn't very optimistic, was it? Mike, welcome. Are we too far down the rabbit hole? Hello? Hello, Mike. Hi, I'm here. I don't know if this is, is right on your topic or not, but it was a concern I have, something I've heard a couple of times lately on, on Tucker's show last night, too. Um, the shortage or lack of or no diesel fuel. Yeah, we've talked about it. Have you? I didn't I hadn't heard about it. But what can you comment on that? Because if, if that happens, it won't matter. Uh, trucks won't be able to bring anything to the stores anyway or wherever you're going. So that's a concern I have, and I think it should be for everybody. Well, Thank it's not you. an unreasonable concern. I think the average for diesel fuel now is somewhere around 5 bucks a gallon. 
which is outrageous. Uh, we've got barges uh, in the Mississippi because apparently, uh, you know, we had a drought this year and the water level's too low for them to float up. They can't bring the, uh, the diesel fuel up north. Uh, then, of course, uh, you've got uh, people in the northeast who can't get it. And so, they're, you know, that's home heating oil. Uh, yeah. And in the Northeast, it gets pretty damn cold. So there, I mean, we're we're headed for a peck of uh, of uh, problems if we don't find a way to resolve this. Uh huh. I'm just wondering what the way to resolve it is. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. That's why I was calling. Uh, what can we, as an individual, do? Anything? Well, you can get the Democrats out of power. Well, we can do that. But then, will the Republicans do anything about it? Well, you, you gotta you gotta hope they've got a problem because the president is a Democrat uh, who's anti-carbon fuel. But you know, you start uh, you start by getting the regulations out of the way. Remember, I was talking a few minutes ago about how big government controls everything. Right, uh, the EPA right. is just way out of line. Uh, get the government out of these things, so you can encourage people to drill. You can encourage people to uh, to refine. Uh, and, and you open up pipelines, uh, there are just all kinds of things we could do if we were just free. The government's got our hands tied. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, appreciate your uh, listening to me and my concern. Thank all you. right, Mike, it's a valid concern. Because if you don't have diesel fuel, they don't have tractors. You don't have tractors, you can't dig up the food. You can't do that on a battery-powered tractor. And if you could, you would you have enough diesel fuel to bring the the produce to the grocery store or to the distributor uh, or any other products? And, and on top of that, you got to have enough for people to heat their homes. That's why the president is now pushing for these heat pumps that he's willing to use your tax dollars to bribe you with. Uh, it's just it's one vicious circle after another. We talk about that $31 trillion debt, and, and you'll recall, I'm sure, if you're a regular listener to the program, how I said, you know, if you could cut spending to the point where you had a million dollars a day, it would take some 80,000 years plus to pay off that debt. Well, if, if they attempt to cut spending just to break even, not even to a million dollars a day, this country would be in revolt. Because most of the money is in the social programs that Democrats promote. And I, and I talked about this last week. I said, you know, Social Security, it's in trouble. And I got another email from another listener. Hey, listen, I paid into it all my life. I'm entitled to it. Well, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you, the money is gone. You should have been fighting to end Social Security 30, 40, 50 years ago. It should never have happened in the first place. That money is gone. You have been ripped off. The best we can do is try to negotiate a settlement and get people out from under it. But if it, right now the Democrats are screaming that the Republicans want to end Social Security and Medicare, which they should be doing, but they're not. But that gives you an idea of what the Democrats would do to you if you said, look, we're going we're gonna to end this. This is, this is going down the dumper. We can't afford this. So the Democrats will sit by and, and use that as a cudgel to beat up the Republicans, all the while driving us further in debt and trying to argue somehow the debt doesn't matter. Well, it does, and that baby is coming home to roost. And when it does, the whole republic collapses. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 11.35. Glad to have you with us. If you just turned the radio on, we're talking about how far down the rabbit hole we've gotten with big government and how much freedom we lost and how we keep moving further and further to the left and the ultimate destruction of the republic as we go there. Uh, the social programs that are eating up the budget. Uh, even the Pentagon budget is way overblown because we've become the world's, the world's police department. Nobody's going to do anything about it. A caller earlier today said, put your head down and hope that you survive, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, have as good a life as you can. And that uh, the Republic holds up longer than you do. You're, you know, six feet under when everything finally collapses. Do you throw in the towel? What do you do? Um, and also, uh, we had a call on diesel fuel that Rick wants to respond to. Rick, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Grand. How about yourself? I do him well. When I heard there, there was a, only a 25-day supply of diesel fuel, I was alarmed because I thought it was a six-month reserve typically. Do you know what the reserve should be or typically is? No, I don't. It's uh, 30 to 35 days. Now, having said that, that's still, you know, a big decrease, but it wasn't as much as I thought it was. And I think a lot of times we hear something, we have a shotgun response, and I think it's up to all of us to really do research. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I read that it was at its lowest level uh, in decades. And I now, I, because I hadn't planned on talking about this, I didn't keep the page up. You, you're probably right. It probably is. But, like, I was so ignorant. I thought we should have six months. But it's typically 30 to 35 percent is the sources I've, I've read. So, Yeah, well, it's it's lower than it, it's been in decades. And yep. if I can find that column, I will bring it to the table. Boy, I wish I had kept it now. Thank um, you. All right. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, Rick. Um and it, it, there's a reason why you want enough in there, uh, especially at this time of the year, because people use it to heat their homes. In addition to moving things, I am literally going through my list of pages here trying to find the numbers. All right, let me go on. Uh, Bill, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. Um, thank you for ha taking my call. Hey, um, I want to touch on a little bit more than just the uh, deal coming up Tuesday, real quick. Like, um, people have a tendency when they do go vote, they think that once the voting is done, that they're done, and they need to realize that is not the case at all. This is this government is by the people for the people. When you when you vote somebody in, you hire them to do a job. Um, you don't stop being the boss after you vote them in. You keep their feet to the fire, and it don't matter what party you choose, you know, what you're voting for, you know, whoever it is that you put in that office, you hold their feet to the fire. That's what people need to do. You're talking about being down the rabbit hole and everything. We may be too far gone. I don't believe that, don't want to believe that, and that's because people still have the power overall if they will just get up and utilize it. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Can you motivate them to do that? Well, if they if ain't enough motivation now for people to start doing something, then I don't know what would be, to be honest. And that's why we're so far down the rabbit hole. Why the right. question is there. It's how do you motivate people? Uh, and I don't well, know. I'm already uh, motivated. Yeah, well, I am too, sir. I am too. But like like you said, you know, you got you got to get it takes more than one to do it. But All the right. bottom line is, you know, on my end anyway, you know, once you get somebody in office, 
you know, don't let them just sit back on their laurels. Hey, I'm in now. You know, I'm just sit back and, you know, whatever for the next two, four years or whatever. Hold their feet to the fire and make them do their job that you, you, that you hired them for. Yeah, if everybody did that, Bill, we would not be in this position. The, the problem is we can't get people to do it. And there are a lot of people out there who, for their own short-term gain, say, yeah, I'm going to vote for that person again because they're going to give me something for free. Right. I think if people will stop stop thinking that, you know, okay, I voted, now it's done, you know, and, and it don't work that way. It's not done when you vote. Yeah. Keep, you know, keep keep after them. So That's I, true. If, if, if that were to get out there, you know, hopefully – you know, that, that word getting out there will start, you know, a little bit of that motivation. You know, All hey, right. you know, I voted this guy in, I hired him, now he's going to work. All right, Bill, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. The number one most powerful tool that we have, the best tool that we have, is education. That's, that's how you change this. Um, if, if we can't teach the Constitution the benefits of liberty, then, and, and, and economics, then we just, we don't have a chance. To the phones, John, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I guess I'm doing okay. My buttons are frosted like some of the other callers. And, and I'm going to reiterate on some of their, just, just like the last gentleman, you got a call, you got somebody that calls and comes in your show quite often, and that's uh, Ron Calzone. I've been in the Capitol. He's been in the Capitol way more times than I have. Now, the thing about this is, is I've gone in there and I spoke on Senate and House subcommittee meetings where he's been, and you would think that the room would be full because we're talking about issues for the people, and there would be five, six, seven, or eight total of us, total. And, and forgive me, because you got a lot of people that are getting ready to vote, but once after they vote, it's like the last gentleman, the job is not done. They need to see you in Jefferson City. Once they see you, then they start to recognize people that vote and say something. They're there because of their rights. It's, I'm going to go back. Yes, our education system has been pathetic because they've never taught us. Well, until... Until people understand what you understand, we're going down the rabbit hole. That's it. We're, we're just, we're, somebody has flushed the toilet and we are in it. The people, don't, I've been down there before and I think that they told me when I was in a subcommittee, be either House or Senate, I don't remember, that when they seen me, I represented something like 5,000 or 10,000 people. So if your listeners really concerned about their rights and what the guys and men and women at Jefferson City are doing, their numbers by appearing are greatly, I mean, how many people do you hear? See, John, it's already so far out of hand that people are working just, you know, they're right now listening to us right now. There's somebody out there, I'm sure, who will be driving a tractor trailer all day long. And he is going to be beat to death when he gets off work. And he's going to go home and have dinner with his family, watch a little of the news, uh, and then go to sleep. He doesn't have time or energy to be down there babysitting the legislature. And they need babysat. And because of the financial responsibilities, how they dealt with this today, all the bills for this and the bills for that, you have to work all the hours that you can work in order to pay your bills. So... 
I have a lot of sympathy for him as well. Yes, yes, I do. But you know, we've if, allowed it to happen. If if seventy five or eighty years ago, if a hundred years ago, people paid attention to the republic and to, to the benefits of freedom, you wouldn't need to babysit them. Yeah. But they didn't, and they let the government grow. They turned it loose, and now we're at a point where we don't know how to, how to well, we know how to choke it off. We just don't know how to motivate people to do it. John, it thank, you for, thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for going down to the Capitol all the time and keeping apprised of what's going on. David, welcome. How are you? I'm well, sir. How are you? I am well. Several years ago, I recommended to you that you read a book called Unintended Consequences by John Ross. Do you remember that? Uh, Probably I get, not. <laughs> I, yeah, I get a, a ton of calls. So I'm sure. Read Unintended Consequences by John Ross, and that'll give you one avenue of what could be done as far as the government is concerned. How to stop Un the... Yep. Really, unintended consequences. Well, by how do you John give me a, give me a, a tip? What what does he say? How do you stop it? Well, it, it it probably going to be unintentional. I've heard you ask several times. Well, what what at what point do you barricade yourself behind your door and take up arms? You've asked people that. Nobody knows until they hit that point. And this book is about a man who hits that point. He just has had it. He's he's forced into it. And it grows and swells. It's a groundswell movement. And it's somewhat violent, but not real bad. I mean, it's a great book. You would you would thoroughly enjoy it. It's historical fiction, but it's it's a great book. All right. Unintended Consequences by John Ross. David, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I just, I, I don't see uh, enough people angry enough to really make the difference. I want to get to this story about um, the uh, Inflation Act that the president pushed and how it's already beginning to affect prescription drugs. I told you this would happen, and apparently it already is. Democrats are taking credit. Oh, we're going to make Medicare uh, uh, negotiate with the pharmaceutical industry, and oh, we're going to drive down the price of drugs. Aren't we good? No, you're not. And I'll explain it next the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Very quickly on the diesel fuels, inventories haven't been this low in October uh, since uh, 1982. And the reason this is a problem is that everybody is now picking up to, to buy home heating oil. And so the demand is outstripping the supply. You end up at five bucks a gallon. Not good for the economy. Imagine you're somewhere in the Northeast trying to get diesel or trying to get uh, uh, heating oil which is essentially the same thing uh and you can't and if five bucks a gallon <laughs> that's going to get really steep so that's why it's a problem and it is a problem uh let me get to this uh the, the democrats taking credit because they've worked this deal uh where medicare apparently is going to uh have to negotiate in the pharmaceutical companies are going to have to uh, uh, negotiate. Uh, the Wall Street Journal writes, one poorly crafted provision is driving companies away from research into trading, uh, treating rare diseases. In its October 27 earnings statement, 
one pharmaceutical company announced it's suspending development of a treatment uh, for a disease, a rare eye disorder, because of the company's need to evaluate impact of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, their decision turns on a provision in the Democrats' bill that exempts from price-setting negotiation drugs that treat only one rare disease. The company's drug is currently marketed as treating uh, only amyloidosis, uh, amyloidosis dosis, uh, and thus is exempt from Medicare's price-setting. If this company proceeded with the research into treating uh, this other disease, it would lose its exemption. The distinction might be most pronounced in cancer treatments. On Tuesday, another pharmaceutical company, Eli Lilly, announced its canceling work on a drug that had been undergoing studies for certain blood cancers. Quote, in light of the Inflation Reduction Act, the company wrote to uh, Endpoints News, this program no longer met our threshold for continued investment. When pharmaceutical companies develop cancer drugs, they usually first develop them for a single indication. Only after the first approval do they research additional indications. Merck's Keytruda, which successfully treat, treated uh, President Carter, was first approved for advanced melanoma in 2014. Today, the company lists 19 approved indications on its website. So by, you know supposedly tamping down the price of pharmaceuticals and doing you a favor, what they have done by interfering with the marketplace is kill the uh, incentive to go after new pharmaceuticals for other problems. Nearly 60% of oncology medications approved a decade ago received additional approvals in later years. The new law eliminates the incentive to conduct additional research because its price-setting mechanisms kick in after nine years for small molecule drugs and 13 years for bio, uh, biologics, regardless of how much research companies conduct after the drug's initial approval. Democrats have effectively undone decades of bipartisan policy that promotes research and development by balancing profit incentives with cost concerns. The Orphan Drug Act of 1983, uh, which uh, this pharmaceutical company, Al uh, Ninlam, uh, counted on in uh, developing its now-abandoned program, provides a combination of tax credits, grants, and market exclusivity to create incentive for investment in rare disease drugs. So this, this wonderful, you know, Democrat plan... To uh, you know, bring down the price of pharmaceuticals is literally going to stop the pharmaceutical industry from researching and developing new drugs. I don't see how that's a benefit. If you want reasonably priced pharmaceuticals, get the government out of it. They drive up the price of everything. Look, the, the government is supposed to have, the federal government is supposed to have very limited power. There literally should be six or seven laws that you can get in trouble for violating at the federal level. We now have so many new laws and so many new laws being written on the books that we can't even keep track of it. We don't know how many laws there are that we may be breaking. 
The Democrats have screwed the pooch. And it's it's time for us to turn this around. It, it, it's past time. They should have been stopped right at the get-go. You know, you could roll this back literally to 1913. Because that's when things really started to go over the cliff. It was reasonably slow at first, but it's been downhill ever since. It has picked up a head of steam. You you start with uh, all those new departments that uh, Franklin Roosevelt put in and Social Security. Uh, you get the income tax, the Federal Reserve, and the next thing you know it, you're off the gold standard. And then the debt starts to rise, the dollar starts to devalue, and the Democrats won't give it up. Not only will they not give it up, they want it to expand. To the credit of the Republicans, they don't have the balls to stop it, but they at least don't want it to expand. But it doesn't really matter at this point. It doesn't really matter because Social Security, Medicare, and the Pentagon spending, between the three of them, they're going to drive us financially over the cliff. They cannot, they cannot continue because we can't afford them. 30 plus trillion dollars in the hole. That is almost an unimaginable figure. And nobody is doing anything about it. They're not even asking this. You see these Senate debates in Pennsylvania. You see them in Georgia and, and other states around the country in Ohio. Nobody's even mentioning it. They're not talking about it. How do you get out from under it? How do you stop $31 trillion in debt? And by the way, we've been running short-term borrowing during these low interest rates, rolling the debt over. Well, I guess that party's over. Because as the Fed raises interest rates, the amount of money that you send to the federal government to do the things they're supposed to do, gets eaten up by servicing the debt. I don't know what it takes to wake people up. I don't know how you get them to understand how devastating the position that we are in is. But people better wake up. They better start fighting. They better find a way to stop this. Glenn Beck is coming up next, then Sean Hannity, Randy Tobler, and tomorrow morning, Gary on Guns. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.